Welcome to Life Talk, a series of thought-provoking podcasts specifically developed to thoroughly enrapture, dynamically expand, and potentially enrich your life by challenging your heart. And now, here's Craig. I wonder if sometimes we need to release our grip. I wonder if sometimes in trying to possess life, we are actually letting life possess us. You know, are you holding on to something? Well, of course you are, because we all do. There are things that we feel are of great value for whatever reason they're of value. Our tendency is that once we determine that something's of value or we're told something's of value, we tend to grab a hold of it. Now, the degree to which we grab it and the force of our grip on it is determined by how much we value whatever it is that we're holding on to. And because that's the case, our grip can sometimes be something like a horrific steel trap or it can be rather loose and supple. Well, it all depends. What's odd is that we don't often think about how hard we're holding on to whatever things we're holding on to. We presume that it's a natural and normal thing to hold on to the things in our lives that we value or see as central to our lives. We misleadingly assume that once we're in possession of whatever it is that we're in possession of, we're obviously supposed to always remain in possession of it. We develop a kind of hoarding management mentality that naturally dictates that we hold on to things that serve us in some fashion or contribute to our lives in whatever way they contribute. And yet the rather strange workings of our minds can cause us to hold on to things that don't serve us at all and are simply dead and pathetically decaying weight. The fact that we possess things causes us to assume that we're supposed to keep them. What else would we do with them? We assume that holding on to things is natural and needed and necessary and obviously normal. But is it? Well, what determines what we grab? You know, so we inventory what we have in our lives, whether that be people, assets, careers, friendships, dreams, goals, relationships, material possessions, various resources, all of the sordid stuff that we have in our possession. And then we assign each of those things some sort of value based on a grid intricately and tediously constructed from our goals, our value system, our present position in life, whatever threats or risks we perceive that we have, our sense of security or lack thereof, our self-esteem, or any myriad number of determining factors. Then our grip on these things is determined by the value that we assess them as having based on the grid we've run them through. But you know what? We also inventory what we don't have in our lives but want to have. We look outside the realm of our possession to those things that we want to bring within our realm, whether those things are fiscal assets, material possessions, various relationships at various levels of relationship, career goals molded by our aspirations, the square footage of our home, the reach of our influence, or our place in the social food chain, or the smoothness of the image that we want to project to those around us. Whatever we want, in whatever way we've determined we want it, will likewise determine the degree of our grip on that thing. Likewise, whatever we've determined we want will also determine the degree of our grip on the things it'll take to get it. We're all about the business of grabbing onto something to secure our possession of it or maneuver ourselves in order to get it. So what about our grip? Well, it's interesting that the harder we hold onto something, the more likely we are to kill it. 
and we assume that strengthening our grip ensures the continued possession of whatever we're holding on to. Indeed, our possession is in all probability insured. However, what we don't realize is that we'll possess it, but it'll likely be empty and dead. Because look, things of real value in life cannot be held like that. The oddity of it all is that the very things that we want to possess, the things that we vigorously expend our lives in some helter-skelter rampage to possess, those very things are often killed in the possession. All of that seems terribly contradictory, but it's terribly true. How many times have we held on to something only to lose it anyway, despite the iron grip that we had on it? In how many instances have we gone to great lengths and dizzying heights to ensure the continued possession of something only to have it slip right through our fingers? How many times have we rigorously secured something by nailing it down, fencing it in, sealing it tight, cinching it firmly, locking it down hard, insuring it, putting it in a trust, or somehow solidly encasing it in some tedious manner or fashion only to lose it despite the aggressiveness of our efforts? And so maybe the question is, what do we possess? You know, there are times when we feel we haven't lost something despite our grip on it, that we're still in possession of it, and we've stored it away in whatever vault we store things away in. We point to those things at evidence that holding on to things doesn't necessarily result in the loss of them. We're confident that we can grab a hold of things with an iron grip, and despite the iron grip, keep them very much alive. Yet can we possess something and kill it in the possession? Do great and wonderful things die if they're held? Is there something about the precious and sacred that in order to live, they must be free? Once it's dead, what is it that we possess? How many dreams have we achieved but have seen so many other things die in the effort to achieve them? And then once the dream is hauled into the boat of our lives as some mammoth catch, does it flounder at the bottom of our boats and then expire in the rancid air of captivity? Look, we can hold on to many things and point to them to show that we're still in possession of them, but really not be in possession of them at all. Things that we grip firmly lose their life and are irrevocably sapped of their vitality. These things become depleted and hold no interest for us anymore, entirely losing their luster and appeal. The things that are left after we hold on to them are more often than not empty carcasses and hollow shells that have the illusion of life, but none of the essence. And so I want to suggest that possession is found in not possessing. If we want to embrace life, we must never set traps for it or cage it. We've got to understand that it is in the wildness of living that we live. It's in the privilege of observing life and all of its unbridled passion and surging forcefulness that we are enriched and built in the enriching. Possessing life can only happen in not possessing it. Possessing life is observing it and then romping and frolicking right along with it. In reality, it's letting life possess you. It's giving life permission to have its way with you, not demanding your way with it through the possession of it. Possession of this thing that we call life is giving up the possession of ourselves and our rights to the possession that we think we have and handing that over to something infinitely bigger than us. Surrendering ourselves and letting ourselves be in the possession of life is the secret to possessing life. So what are you holding on to? Whatever it is, it's probably going to die. 
Maybe you need to free yourself to be in the possession of something far greater than you and realize that everything you're looking for to have in this mad race of possessions is right there. Thank you for joining us for Life Talk. For further information or additional resources, please visit www.craiglpc.com.